0: When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible. And I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where today I'm taking the question of what is the point of the violence in the Old Testament or violence in the Bible in general? What are we supposed to get from this? Hopefully you'll get something from this today. We often uh, think that children can't handle difficult stories. We, you know, are careful what our kids watch. We have ratings, systems to sort of sort out what is appropriate for different age groups. And if you were to put a rating on the Bible, uh, the movie or the book, I'm not sure where it would land. It definitely would be adult material, and yet children have read this book for a long, long, long time. And the people of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament people of God have often debated on what is appropriate for children from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, And it's hard to know. C.S. Lewis famously said that um, children need stories of people Killing, of heroes killing dragons. They need stories of people doing violence to do good um, because they will fight dragons, metaphorically, and they need stories that will help them through those times. The story of David and Goliath is one of those stories. It's a pretty grisly tale, literally, and yet it is a story that inspires young people To say, with God, I can do anything. And this story of Jehu and Jezebel and Ahaziah is a pretty, it's an adventure story. It's a revenge film. It's an action movie. The action is that Jezebel, the house of Jezebel, has finally fallen. And the precise place that it falls, the house of Ahab and Jezebel, is on the field of Naboth. You couldn't make this stuff up. Naboth, who is this vineyard owner, who is loyal to Ahab, is friends with Ahab in many ways. Ahab says, I want that vineyard. Jezebel conspires to bring false witnesses to speak against Naboth in court, to bear false witness, a violation of the Ten Commandments. And they do this in court. Naboth is accused of treason, and he's immediately executed, and his whole family is executed. And Ahab gets the vineyard. Elijah comes to Ahab and Jezebel and says, because you did this, your whole house is going to be torn down. And there's these prophecies that what will happen to them, the dogs will lick their blood. It's a pretty grisly image, but here we are. It's pretty grisly what he did to Naboth. That's the real story. <laughs> Whenever we look at what God does to people when it comes to justice, is usually proportionate to what they did to others. And here Jehu uh, fires this arrow out of his chariot, a moving vehicle, and hits a guy in another moving vehicle as he's running away. The son of Ahab is killed. And so Ahab's line ends. And then he rides into the city of Samaria. And there's Jezebel, the only reference to, well, the second reference to makeup in the Bible. A woman wearing makeup. She paints her eyes or paints her face, it's hard to translate this, and adorns her head, and she goes out. And I think the emphasis has always been placed on Jezebel putting on makeup as if that is somehow an indication of her evil. Uh, And you could certainly spin it that way if you really were against makeup or really mad at women for some reason. Um, And male interpreters of the Bible have often pressed this point that Maybe women shouldn't wear makeup because Jezebel did. Jezebel also wore clothes. Jezebel also brushed her teeth. You know, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't do these things. What it means is that Jezebel, even here when she knows that her kingdom is about to fall, her wicked, corrupt kingdom is about to fall, she still is pretending like it's going to be okay. And she is still trying to assert her confidence and and power over all these people, when in fact her time is over. The prophecy of the Lord, given through Elijah, who is already dead now, Elijah's been taken up to heaven, but the prophecy and the word that he spoke is now being fulfilled. And Jehu rides into the courtyard and calls up to the window. Jezebel comes to the window to debate with him, to denounce him, to maybe... Have him executed, and Jehu calls up and says, "Is anybody up there loyal to Elijah, loyal to the house of God?" And these three, two or three eunuchs. It's nice that the Bible covers for them by not naming them. Whenever you, um, whenever a Confederate monument is torn down, it's better not to publish the name of the person who did it. Um, Whenever something is done that is good, but maybe against some laws, sometimes we do good that break laws. St. Augustine said this, Jesus said this, um, Joseph said this many, many years ago. And in that moment, uh, these two unnamed, two or three unnamed eunuchs, and it even is ambiguous about how many of them there were. This is another way to cover for them case anyone's doing an investigation, they push her out the window and she dies. So this poetic justice or prophetic justice of God has finally happened to Jezebel. And this is the, and then there's all this stuff about how they tried to bury her, but there was nothing to bury and all these other points. But I think the the one point about God the most interesting thing about the Bible is God. The one thing we can take away about God from this is that God always keeps his promises. God will always keep his promises when it comes to justice. Maybe not in our timing. Maybe not in our lifetime. It didn't happen in Elijah's lifetime. Maybe not in our way of doing things. It would have been hard to have predicted that Naboth and his family would ever be Avenged or ever be given justice, but they were in God's timing. And the stuff that we need from God, the stuff that God has promised us, happens in God's timing. You can trust God. God is going to keep God's word, just like He did to Jehu, just like He did to Ahaziah, just like He did to Naboth's family. God's going to keep His word, but always in God's timing, not in ours. And so when this day comes where justice is finally done, And Elijah's name and his prophecy is spoken again, saying this is what Elijah said would happen. This is what God said would happen. Until that day, we wait and we trust God. And we hope in God. We put our hope in God. This is an active thing. Sometimes it requires repeating a mantra over and over again. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. Sometimes it means taking a long walk. Sometimes it means staring at the wall. Sometimes it means calling your local vicar and talking through it with him. Sometimes it means finding a counselor. Sometimes it means finding a close friend you can trust and share this with. But trusting in God, waiting for God's timing, this is really hard work. And it is the major work of the Christian life. And it was the work of the people in the story. And so when the day came where justice was done, they could rejoice Not because people were hurt or people died, but because God kept God's word and that justice was finally done for Naboth, his family, and all the other people that were murdered and lost so much in the reign of Jezebel and Ahab. Amen. granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. 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 Good to see you all and good to pray with you today. It was nice to see everybody. See you. We'll be back at 5 p.m. See ya.